Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends, one of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for Real People, Real Topics, Real Talk. Let's face it. Happy Sunday, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday, June 14th edition of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We're your hosts, Alicia Brown. I'm Janae Kerr. And I'm Will Strayhorn. And welcome back to the uh, to the show, Janae. How have you been? <laughs> Thank you, Alicia. I've been great. I've been great. Um, it's been a it's been a rough yet exciting past few weeks. Right. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we had the really um, big um, launch for the Emerge magazine, which I was so happy that you all were able to be a part of, and you yes. all did, did an amazing job as well. Um, Thank you. Set the road. <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely <laughs> yeah. a great time, and just a lot of other exciting things have been happening since then, so I've just been on the move. But I'm definitely glad to be back. And I think you're forgetting yeah. to tell the listeners what your role was for the oh, yeah. party. Yes, I had the honor of being the event stylist and planner for the event. All right. Yeah. And it was first class. You did an awesome job. It was really good. Really good. Oh, that venue really was awesome. Good Thank job. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, you know, Thanks we give so you a little much. excuse for being busy. So it, it was well-deserved time off. You earned it. <laughs> But we're exactly. ready to back to work. We're ready to put you back to yeah. work. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> so how was everybody's weekend? Anybody doing anything fun? Alicia, what did you do? How was your weekend? Oh, father and God. I know you went shopping. Spend money. Spend money. Right. Excuse me. I, I pay was you too depressing. much. I pay you too much. <laughs> I was decompressing. I know you had to laugh. Okay, let, let me just tell you this. I was decompressing. Okay. See, it wasn't. It, it may have uh-huh. looked like shopping, but it was called decompressing. So, see, it, oh, it wasn't yeah. that I wanted to shop. I, I wanted to get my mm-hmm. mind and spirit right in preparation for this show. Mm-hmm. That's what I was doing. Oh. It's like oh, that's, that's, that, that's what it was, you know. I, I so went to bath and body works. That was some aromatherapy, girl. Yes, aroma. Thank you, Janae. Aromatherapy. I was getting mm. therapy. You know, I was helping a friend shop for stuff. You know, there was mm. wardrobe stuff because you know I have to look right for the oh, events and stuff. I was doing some um, um, decompression therapy. <laughs> That's okay. my thing. I'm sticking with it. How was your weekend, Janae? <laughs> my weekend was, let's see. Well, you know, sometimes it becomes a blur by the time Sunday gets here, but actually yeah. it was pretty quiet. I, um,. <laughs> I did do a couple of things yesterday, but I was really trying to take some time to focus on um, just some things I need to do for myself and for my company mm-hmm. as well and try to get some, some things in motion. So I stayed in the house most of the day doing some work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. See, that was my yesterday because Mr. Strayhorn had me real busy. And he forgot <laughs> yeah. to mention that yesterday he was out shopping. So see. Oh, see. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah well, other than that, how was your weekend, Mr. Horn? How was your weekend? Uh-huh. Number one, my weekend was, it was good. You know what, my week, 
you and I discussed it was it was not good at all. But this weekend was really good. I had an amazing experience at church today. Um, Thank you, Lord. I feel light. Feel light as a feather right now. So church was good. I needed that. Um, right. I have done a lot, a little, a little light shopping. Um, I'll probably get heavier into it probably towards the end of the month. But I had a really good weekend. It ended really well. Um, we okay. went to dinner last night, which was really good. And then we had brunch today at the church. So I had a good time. Okay. Good. And I think you forgot something about Monday. Mr. Double Award winner, you know. You oh, yeah. yeah. You know what? I, I, know I forgot you so all about. You forget, you know, but. But please well, mention Monday, please. You're right. You're right. So on last Monday, which was, what, May 8th or something? Um, June 8th or something, June 7th, whatever it was, um, I did get um, the NAACP Black Image, Black Men Rock Image Award for Best yes. Makeup Artist, and I got it for Media Mogul. So yes. I won the on Applause, last please. Monday. Yes, yes. 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 Good, good. Like I said. Had a good time. It was a lot. It was 28 men in the area. Um, friend to the show, Some Nate. He got this male. Girl, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. I heard. I heard about your comments from people that you were talking about. Oh, I know exactly oh, what you're talking. I know exactly what you're talking We ain't gonna go there. We ain't gonna go there. But all yeah. I'm saying about men, I mean, not, not one, a few of them. I was giving them they props. But also, friend to the show, Nate Whitfield, you know, he's done this yes. a couple of times. He um, won best, no, best hairstylist. So he did yes. an amazing job, um, gave a really good speech, and it was a good evening. It was a good evening. Great. Oh, yeah, so proud of you guys. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So, so what's been in the news, Alicia? Because I know you have been researching and texting me and all that. What What are we talking about tonight? You know, I, I love you. We always look for the hot topics to talk about, but truly, right? This they're still hot topics, but there's been some stuff that just bothered my spirit, um, okay. especially when you talk about our children, our youth uh, of America. You know, that's our future, and there has been some mm-hmm. really disgusting thing in the news um, that I wanted to talk about. Um, one was the okay. McKinney Pool incident in McKinney, Texas. Unless you've been under a rock, everybody knows about it, so I'm not going to go into a long explanation. But cop was pulling a gun on a crowd of teens at a pool party while others handcuffed teenage partygoers. And I just can't get over the images. I know now the cop um, has been suspended and a whole lot of other things have Mm -hmm. followed after that. They said he resigned. Well, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Is that a period? Is that supposed to be a period? Like we're supposed to clap for that, right? I mean, but I don't okay. think I don't think it shouldn't stop there. What's next? And see, that's my what problem. What else is he gonna get? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because you saw the images. Literally, you're exactly. grabbing a teen, and you're just what I call roughhousing, and not even roughhousing. Mm-hmm. That's too mm-hmm. light. But you're throwing them down on the ground. Right. I mean, wow. it's a pool party. You got these innocent mm-hmm. teens. They don't have weapons or anything. Right. And I, 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 let me just preface it like this. We weren't there. There's always mm-hmm. more to the story. All we can right. go by is what we saw from the, mm-hmm. the recording and the what portion they played. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I I don't know anywhere in America where you live where it's okay to have teenagers who are at a pool party. And you think about, 
when you're at the pool. You know, you're normally in mm-hmm. shorts or a a uh, swimsuit, bikini, whatever your attire is. And to have right. someone, a young teenager, a grown man is going to grab you and just throw you down at the ground. Or, right. you know, put his knee in your back. Or, you know, it, it doesn't take all of that. It really mm-hmm. does not take off that. I mean, you're really – and then once you have them handcuffed, you're still – being rough and aggressive with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I'll never forget that part of the girl, the head, you know, you pinned her head to the ground, and she's crying for her mother. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. already handcuffed, but she's crying for her mother. And that was just all in the, you know, seven-minute clip. And, you know, I yeah. think that's why that touched me so much was because we just had the same story about Khalif Browder in New York and, I, you know, one headline said that his death was an American tragedy beyond words. You know, you had a right. young man from New York City, um, you know, at the time he was 16 when he was sent to Rikers Island. And everybody knows the reputation that Rikers Island has. But right. he ended up spending three years there, although he had never been convicted of a crime. Oh. And when he wasn't mm-hmm. in solitary confinement, where they said he spent in total two years in solitary confinement. You wow. think about that. This is a child that came in at 16 years old. Uh-huh. But all type of unspeakable <laughs> violence he had at the hands of the guards and the inmates. So, you know, these are not the first cases. Um, right. there, I'm sure there's other heinous acts, more egregious acts that have happened. Uh-huh. But, you know, as as things come up, we really need to take a look around in our world and say what's going on and what can we do to make this better. Um, you, you think about the three years this child was in Rikers Island, and when he got home, you know, they talked about the nightmares that he had and how he couldn't shake off mm-hmm. what had been the done trauma. to him. I, mm-hmm. Exactly. I remember there were images of him. He was with Jay-Z, and he was with other people in Hollywood because he had gained a reputation. Um, and He was nationally renowned, but he just could not shake off what had mm-hmm. happened. So That's his cool. death was that he wound up committing suicide. Mm-hmm. What are we doing to our youth of America? So yeah. definitely something yeah. has, you know has just- to change. I just want to go back to the former story that we were talking about. Did anyone, did either of you perhaps see the interview with a young man who was actually filming it? He was a Caucasian little boy. No, the pool party incident? The the one in, the one in Texas. Right. No, I didn't. I read some commentary on it because I, if I'm not mistaken, okay. we're talking about the same person. Wasn't he later, they said that he was one of the ones that was also harassing them? Even though initially, oh, I, 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 I don't even know. I just saw the clip that I saw and that I heard people talking about was that um, he was just basically saying before on one of the images you can see the police pointing at him, basically telling him to cut that off with the camera, or whatever. Um, wow. But prior to that, they were saying that when they were running around chasing all the black people, he was in the midst of it, and it was almost like he was invisible because they wow. weren't bothering him at all, and he was right there in the wow. midst of it. So it was so clearly crazy. that they were just going after the black ones who they assumed were creating issues. And here this guy is right there in the middle of it. So um, wow. I found that not surprising, but I found that a little troubling. Definitely troubling. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. So what else is going on? I heard we had a letter come in. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell me about that. Yeah. I've been waiting to hear this. Mm. Well, well, Alicia, do you want to talk about tonight's show first before I get into the juicy letter? Yeah, I am. Because you know what? Oh, yeah, that's tricky. You know what? It, it, it all ties <laughs> together. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. It's just that I know what the letter said, so I'm just like, what? But tonight's show is on Addicted to Love. And we mm-hmm. have Ethley and Vere. I, I introduced her last week. Um, amazing person, has had that time in Hollywood um, as a rock and roll reporter. Uh, she's written numerous things from CSI to all things over her tenure, which has been very impressive. Uh, but she also wrote a book on love addictions, including sex, drugs, and other dangerous things. So she's going to be on tonight, and she's really going to talk about what a love addiction is, what it isn't, um, how do you know if you're one of those people that instead of just looking for a healthy relationship, you're just addicted to the idea of being in love, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. crazy. If that sounds strange, how can you be addicted to the idea of being in love when love is supposed to I be don't, such a healthy thing? Hey, I, you know what? Thinking about the show, I, I've come to the, to the conclusion that I am. I am. Oh, wow. Let's press pause. Could you elaborate? Talk about me amongst yourselves. I mean, I I, I fantasize. (laughs) I actually have day day fantasies about what what, what my vision of love is and how I want it to be and just the whole concept of what I think love should feel like and be like. And, um... Mm. Mm-hmm. find yourself in the place of this next letter 
Um, and this I'm is courtesy sure uh, of the Steve Harvey show. You know, strawberry lettuce be juicy, mm-hmm. but this one right here, mm-hmm. you know what, Janae, right. you just, I, I can't, I can't right now. I really can't. <laughs> well, before I read the letter, let me put out a disclaimer that oh lord, any grammar or <laughs> improper language is definitely an positive letter. It's not, not us. <laughs> Is that? So, so, it's not you being, so it's not you being ignorant. You're reading the letter. No, please right? no. <laughs> yeah, I right. know that it's not me. Okay, so okay. listen up. The letter states, I started dating my boyfriend online. We met a year and a half ago. When we met, people kept telling me to leave alone because he was bad news. I still wanted to get to know him. So I moved in with him after four months of knowing him. Two weeks after I moved in, I moved out due to baby mama drama. I found out about a lot of kids over 15. I still stayed because I felt loved. One year later, he asked me to marry him, and I said yes. Our relationship got a little better. So we was trying to have a baby. But back in April, I was told he was seen somewhere with another woman. I found this woman on Facebook and took screenshots of all their pics together. I showed Mm. him the pics and asked him what was this all about. He just laughed it off and told me to delete my page and that it was Photoshopped. Not to mention that he bought the girlfriend a car and also gave me one. A couple of days Mm. go by, and I decided to do a background check on him to find out a little more. The information that was revealed, he's married. His wife is in on this little game, too, to come to find out. He's nine years older than me and has never worked a day in his life because women take care of him. I know I need to do better, but I need to know will moving out of town save me or do I really need to do this the legal way? So... You have a love 
addiction. Something wrong with you. That that's a love addiction. You see, I did not oh, see that go. as being love addiction. I didn't. Okay, I did go not. Ahead. Um, because sometimes, I mean, we don't know what the conversation or what how he presented himself during the time of the online dating. I've done that before mm-hmm. as well, and you can present yourself anyway behind the computer screen. However, right. um, I just think probably. She wanted the relationship to work, and a lot of times when you want it to work, you overlook a lot of things, and then you think that you could be the person that, you know, people said that they were trying to um, warn her. A lot of times you think that you could be the one that they won't do that for, or you could be the one that can change him, and I just think she got caught up in that. I don't think it was an addiction problem. I just think that she um, became willingly oblivious to a lot of things that should have been obvious to her had she, um, had, like you said, taken more time. That yeah. sounds so good, Will. That sounds beautiful, but according to our expert, that is so not true. That would make her a love addict. Okay. But really? Need to read that book. Well, we, we, I need to read that book. To me, it sounds like low self-esteem. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. I can take that one too, Janae. I can take yeah. that one too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't say, I, wouldn't, I just don't see addiction, but I could definitely see the, the low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'm definitely curious I to know. Yes. Well, what we're going to yes. do is we're going to take a break, break, right? And then we're going to come back um, and we're going to get to know our guests a little bit and we may chat a little bit more first. But we're going to yeah. take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Face It, and we will be right back. of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. If you're a single man under the age of 35, you'd probably like to know what the ladies are looking for on an online dating site. A guy who had a few drinks and later got pulled over for buzz driving. See, that could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. And doesn't a guy who's back living with his parents but calls them my roommates just scream Mr. Right? Buzz, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. What an amazing, fabulous, spirit-filled awesome day. It was truly extraordinary. You may ask, what happened? The truth is, nothing happened out of the ordinary. So what made it so amazing? This is Alicia Brown, the Joy Guru, author, motivational speaker, radio personality, and joy enthusiast. If you read my first publication, Sometimes All You Have is Happy, a guide to obtaining happiness while awaiting your dreams? You know that I am proud to be the survivor of 17 years of childhood abuse. Through this journey, there were lessons that I learned along the way. 
to go from being a, just a survivor and someone who is just existing to a life where you're thriving. Of course, you can visit Amazon and follow me on thejoyguru.net to find out how you can purchase your copy. But what I'm inviting you to is the pre-release of my latest work, But God. This will be a book filled with nothing but inspirational, God-filled, God-spirited poetry. It's more of a celebration of life and things to the fact that I wake up each morning empowered, motivated, and encouraged. So to find out how each day you can feel just the same way, follow me at thejoyguru.net. It's another beautiful Sunday, and if you're listening to this, you must be listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. This is your host, Alicia Brown, and on behalf of our wonderful team, I would like to thank you. Thank you for continuing to listen. Thank you for your feedback on our social media pages, and thank you for your continued support. We are so excited about what waits in store in Season 2, which premieres August 2015. We cannot do it without your continued support. So if you have a brand, a vision, a business, we're inviting you to grow with us. Contact me at Alicia at Let's Face It Radio.com. That's Alicia, A-L-E-S-H-A, at Let's Face It Radio.com. We have customized packages just for you, and I would love to share more information with you about that. Until then, continue to listen to us on the go at iTunes, Tuned In, Stitcher, or you can also listen to these and past episodes at Let's Face It Radio.com. Again, continue to tune in and just wait for what we have in store. For season two. You're listening to Let's Face It, one of the hottest talk radio shows on the web. Are you looking for more exposure for your brand, product, event, or special story? Let's Face It Radio is the place for you. We're also seeking guest experts specializing in sex and relationships, health and wellness, politics, law, spirituality and religion, just to name a few. Looking for low-cost marketing opportunities? Well, look no further. We offer multiple advertising campaigns via website ads or audio commercial opportunities played live during the show. Visit www.letsfaceitradio.com and complete the appropriate contact form for more information.
Welcome back to Let's Face It. And we're talking tonight on the subject of love addiction. Now, Janae, can you say at any time in your life you have had a quote-unquote love addiction, as you understand it, by definition? Mm, no. <laughs> Gosh, she's and, and I'm another, you know, romantic type like Will, but I guess in my in my mind, when I think of addiction, it means a lot. It means quite a few different things. So, yeah. no, I don't think I've ever had a love addiction. Um, okay. And I'm not sure what our what our uh, guest is going to say about it, but. In my mind, I think of addiction as kind of like you are constantly looking for that high you get from, you know, when you initially fall in love, there's this, you know, feeling of euphoria you have, and then that initially will wear off. Right. And then you have to, you know, then you just, you know, have the everyday love, you know, that kind of thing. And so my thought about addiction is that you're constantly looking for that, initial high you get when you first fall in love, which may cause you to go from person to person to look for that. All right. Okay. Now, I don't well, know, know what, what I guess I'm going to say, you know, stay on that. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think the best person to ask will be Ethley Ann Vare. You know, she's best known. She's an award-winning author, screenwriter. She has done so much. Um, but she's best known for her work on television shows like CSI, Crime Investigation, Crime Scene Investigation. Um, she was on Gene Roddenberry's Andrometer. And, of course, I said it last week. I'll say it again. Silk Stockings, she wrote episodes for that. <laughs> that was on Lifetime. It yeah. took me back to, you know, my teen years. I probably had no business um, watching it. But also, she has authored that several long. books, one of which, shut up, Will, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, uh, several books. But the one tonight that we're talking about is love addict, sex, romance, and other dangerous drugs. So yeah. without further ado, Miss Ethley and Vare. Welcome to the show. Hello, this is Ethley and Vare. Yes. You know, we we've Welcome been going back show. and forth and we've sort of been debating, you know, what's a love addiction, what's a this, what's a that. Um, we even talked about a letter where this woman was doing all of these crazy things and whatnot. And I guess our, our issue is, you know, everyone needs love in their life. Romance can be a good thing. So so what's the difference between a normal pursuit of love and romance and a person that is, by definition, addicted to love? <laughs> well, first I want to say hi, and I apologize hi. for coming in hi. past past my uh, appointed hour, I think people are so afraid of talking about love addiction that even the computers and the Internet are going, <laughs> are going to keep someone from getting on the air and talking about love addiction. Um, so thank you for bringing up this topic. It's really important because we live in a culture where people celebrate the whole Romeo and Juliet myth, the myth of falling in love at first sight the myth of happily ever after, um, and it's not that there isn't a happily ever after, but they do seem to, you know, sort of 
end everything with approaching the altar as if we're spiking the ball in the end zone and then nobody gives you any <laughs> any information about what's going to happen after that. And people yeah. end up living with years, if not a lifetime, of um, disappointments, right, broken expectations, because they never really got to know the first person in the first place, because we do mm-hmm. tend to live on fantasy and projection. And all of this is normal and human. So when you say, how can there be love addiction when we all need love in the world? Well, you use as an example, we all need food. Everyone needs food to live. But tell me when you see someone skeletally thin because of their anorexia or bulimia or someone who has put their very life in jeopardy because they can't stop obsessing and eating and eating and obsessing and feeling shame and guilt and then eating some more. You know, so this is a perfect example of something that's good and wonderful and can still kill you if you become addicted to it. Good answer. But how would you define, because we were talking about this before, and Will gave a good example. How do you define a a love addict? Because, you know, some people say, well, no, that's not a love addict. They're just, you know, they're romantic. They're, They're old romantic, you know. What is a love addict? I mean, how do we know the difference? Well, I I have a self test. There there are plenty of real you know therapists who will give you real self tests. I have my own little self test. Like, uh, do you check his Facebook page in the morning before you check your own Facebook page in the morning? Do you okay. do you go off and check out all of the women who show up in his Facebook page or hers? This is this is this is oh an all uh, all you know yeah. all, all welcome <laughs> diagnosis. Um, so do you uh, right? Do you check her Facebook page or or horoscope or Instagram account or Twitter feed, and then do you go off and look oh into all of the potential romantic objects that that person might have been talking to that wasn't you? Uh, oh. Do you leave a a second or third or fourth voicemail message before the text first one is returned or text message. I wrote this book three years ago. It's amazing how things have changed. So, okay, so do you leave a second or third or fourth message just in case? Um, they didn't get the first one. Um, oh. They're shy and need encouragement. Maybe oh. you dialed wrong. Um, well, or maybe okay. you forgot to leave your call back number. <laughs> or maybe they did oh. call and you missed it. <laughs> um, oh have God. you ever changed? Well, have you, you ever changed your route home to pass your love object's house? Um, you oh. get extra points for parking outside and waiting. Um, oh. Oh my God. So, do you know your lover's um, email password or voicemail password? Have you well, ever oh used Lord. it to read their email or listen to their voicemail? You know, so um, these are some of the, you know, these are some of the clues. These are some oh. of the clues that might give you a, a sense that your relationship, you know, approach is not healthy, mm. and the worst is it's it's like, yes, and have you done that again and again mm. and again and mm. again? Do the faces change, but the relationship remains the same? And then every time you go like, ah, oh, he disappointed me one more time. 
She oh. disappointed me one more time. Why do I keep ending up with the bad boy or the bad girl? And it's just like, ah, at some point, you got to sit down and you got to say, now, who's the common denominator in all these relationships? <laughs> right. Huh? Well, do you you were making is a lot there, of side commentary. There, I, I just want to know: is there a support group for people like me? Then I mean, what can I do? oh God, because there are some of the fastest growing support groups in the country. In fact, around sex and love addiction, there is um, SLAA is Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. There's LAA, which is Love Addicts Anonymous. There's SAA, which is Sex Addicts Anonymous. There's SPA, which is Sexual Compulsive Anonymous. There's um, CODA, which is Codependence Anonymous. And if all of these broken, wounded birds that you keep falling for trying to rescue um, tend to have problems with drugs and alcohol, there's Al-Anon. So, yeah, oh, there's a goodness. lot. So there's there's a lot there's of support me. That's out there. Good. As long as there's help for me. <laughs> you know what, Will? Why? Now I understand why we're taking July off, because you're going to be uh-huh. in therapy the whole time. <laughs> I'm going to be in therapy. See, I didn't want to tell you that. I didn't want to tell you that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, just pretend. We'll cut that part out. Just pretend you ain't here. Now, see, we laugh right. at this. We laugh because we relate. You know, we laugh because we relate, and that's why when I wrote the book Love Addict, there are good, therapeutic, well-documented, footnoted books about this, and they're fabulous. But I just felt, man, if we cannot laugh at ourselves, if we can't see ourselves and laugh at ourselves and see the foibles that we have in common, then what's the point, right? Yes. Right. Well, Ethelie, this is Janae Kay. How are you this evening? Hello. Well, I feel better now that I actually got a hold of you. I feel so bad. I feel so stupid. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no problem. Right on time. Right on time. Well, you know, you may have answered this question um, in some way a, a little while ago with all the different groups that you just mentioned, because I was curious about whether or not there's more than one kind of love addict, and if so, what are the varying degrees of addiction? Um, that's an interesting question because there's uh, my point of view on it is not the same as uh, a lot of the other people that talk about love addiction. Most of the people that talk about uh, sex and love addiction or specifically love addiction see it as divided into two. There's the love addict, the one who's mm-hmm. constantly desperate for more relationship, more um, affection. That That's why I, I call love addiction, I call it affection deficit disorder. I have, mm-hmm. I need more affection, always more affection more affection give me more affection there's never enough so there's a love addict and then there's what they call the love avoidant which is like i picture the love addict as that you know that gal that's clutching the ankle of the guy that's dragging her across the room because he's desperately trying to walk out the door right so Uh he's the love avoidant and he's the bad guy and she's the love addict and she's the victim and i think that that's too simple because I think that most people, male or female, they flip 
back and forth between one and the other. And I think there's a third kind, too. And I think a lot of this is all about our brain chemistry, which we can also talk about. But I think there's three kinds. I think there's your romance junkie who is who's in love with falling in love. There's nothing like that first just, oh, wonderful, bubbly feeling of falling for someone, right? Uh-huh. Then, then there's the relationship addict, the one that just cannot get out of a partnership, even if he beats her, even if she cheats on him, even if it's toxic and horrible, and it's draining your bank account, and it's killing your health, and it's just like, but, but... We're in love, you know, just cannot get out of that horrible, toxic thing. So that's the relationship addict. And then there's the sex addict that's basically um, all about conquer, conquest, conquest, you know, chase, conquest, release, and then it's over and then it's on to the next. So the sex addict doesn't, doesn't even need an actual person there. Sex addicts are fine with pornography. So really? That, yeah, that to me, yes. And that's becoming more and more common, especially now that pornography is available to you. Hot and cold running pornography in your pocket every day on your cell phone. And that is really changing the dynamics. It used to be a little bit hard to go. You had to go out in public and face shame to go out and score some porn. Now it's just, it's always there. It's always there for you. So porn addicts are really a growing um, problem, especially, as you can imagine, among young young men. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So this is Will. I have a question. I have a question. So when we were putting the topic together and I was speaking to some of my friends, a lot of people said that's a chick topic. I just want to mm-hmm. know, do you think more women or men suffer from love addiction? What are the demographics on it? Um, it's fairly evenly split. Um, more oh, really? women mm-hmm. are willing to talk about their really? love addiction, and more men are willing to talk about their sex addiction because that's what's culturally accepted. Men just yeah. do not want to tell you about the time that they were on the floor in fetal position praying for the phone mm-hmm. to ring. You know, really? they don't yeah. want to talk about it, but that doesn't mean they haven't been there. That doesn't use, we certainly have, when we hear about stalkers, they're generally men. Those are love addicts gone totally off the scale, right? Um, so it's, a, it's an equal opportunity destroyer. Um, but women will talk about their love addiction and hide their sex addiction. Men will talk about oh. their sex addiction and hide their love addiction. Oh, okay. And also, you mentioned in one of your YouTube videos that we shared yesterday that females, female love addicts are attracted to married men, gay men, drug-addicted men, and men in prison. So what is, that, <laughs> what is all that about? And is that really love yeah. addiction? Talk to me about that. That, that yeah, was a bit. It was a bit of a joke. I mean, I was being a bit jokey there. Um, but okay. what that is is that with uh, love addicts are, are very often attracted to the unavailable partner because mm-hmm. um, the there is because when I said that the love addict and the love avoidant aren't that different. So even though the love addict 
desperately wants that relationship, they're also often really terrified of getting truly close. Uh, I, I always say that my um, my fear of abandonment is matched only by my terror of intimacy. <laughs> so it's like, oh. come closer, come closer, come closer. Okay, that's it. That far, close enough. It's like, like that old scene from the movie Tootsie, if you remember that. Closer, right. closer, right. closer. Okay, close <laughs> so, um, so for that reason, love addicts are great at latching onto love objects who are never really going to threaten them by getting to truly know them because they tend to come on board with really low self-esteem because they've been doing these shameful self-destructive things for years and years. Generally, by time by time they hit adulthood, they've been doing shameful and self-destructive things for years. They usually come from bad early childhood attachment stuff, and the, the therapist experts can really talk to you about love addiction as an attachment disorder, mm-hmm. that you didn't get what you needed as a small child, so you keep looking for mm-hmm. it in other places, all of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. love addicts tend to have really low self-esteem, are afraid of really being seen for who they really are, um, but mm-hmm. are con- but constantly need affirmation. So that's like a horrible yeah. setup, right? So yeah. that's why I always say that my favorite guys were all married, dead, or living in another country. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I can love you, but I never have to actually be with you. <laughs> that gets over work. Okay. But, you know, you talked right. earlier when we were talking about the different types of um, love addicts. You, you mentioned sex addiction with other things. Is a person that has a sex addiction the same thing as having a love addiction, or does a love addicted person necessarily have a sex addiction? You know, it what's is it this one and the same, or what's the difference? Well, can we talk for a second about addiction and the the yeah. mind of the addict? Um, it's more, more and more science is showing that addicts, and that can be a drug addict, a, a gambling addict, um, an alcoholic, um, people who have substance or behavior addictions, their, their, their brains, our brains, as I include myself, right? Our brains are wired differently in what they, they call the reward center or what's way deep in our lizard brains, okay? So we don't have a balance of the, the feel-good brain chemicals that make us feel okay and safe on the planet. We need more of them, and every, we need to be overstimulated, and this is because of certain receptors that aren't firing correct. There's, you know, lots of information about this that I can point you to if you want, but I won't I won't make you do science now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but but what we know is that, uh, my metaphor is it's just like our feel good the feel good part of our brain is just a little deaf. So we just keep yelling at it more and yelling at it more and yelling at it more. And the louder we yell, the deafer it gets, right? Mm-hmm. So that is just a horrible situation. And this is, this is addiction. That's what addiction is like. That's why it has things like obsession and craving and tolerance and all the other things that you see in every kind of addiction. I don't care if you're smoking crack or um, chain-smoking cigarettes. It's just some might be 
way more destructive to your life, but they're all basically doing the same thing in your brain. Okay, so uh, love addict, sex addict, relationship addict, it's all about these, these people by their behavior are trying to balance out their brain chemicals, and when it gets out of balance, because it very rarely stays in balance, <laughs> wow. you can flop over to another one. Like sex addiction is very much motive. It's uh, driven by dopamine, which is that that anticipation brain hormone. That's the the mm-hmm. dopamine is what you get when you pull the handle on a slot machine, right? Dopamine yes. is like oh. I, I call it. I call it the woohoo brain chemical. Yes, <laughs> dopamine mm-hmm. is all sex, drugs, and rock and roll, baby. Okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, and um, a relationship is like relationship is more about serotonin, which is the sort of like the exhale. It's the ah hormone, and also mm-hmm. oxytocin, which is the it's the bonding hormone. Um, the, it's it's the mmm hormone. Right? <laughs> Just, the, mm-hmm. Ooh, the ah and the mmm. <laughs> yes. So oxytocin <laughs> is what you get when you nurse your baby. Um, right. Or your lover holds you in his arms. Okay, that's oxytocin. And... Um, and then the relationship junkie is like that. It's a little dopamine. It's a little oxytocin. It's a little serotonin. Mm. So depending on what you're a quart low in, that's where, mm. what you're going to look for. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I have another question for you because you're speaking a lot about the brain and things of that nature. And in your book, you say that falling in love affects our brains the same way that snorting cocaine does. Absolutely the same. If you take a picture of a brain of someone looking at a picture of someone that they have a crush on, that brain will light up exactly the same way that someone who just did a line of Coke. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, tell me this, um, you know, as far as, you know, addiction in in the brain, do you believe that there are some people who are more, uh, more apt to become addicted to love than others? So I may be more susceptible than someone else? Oh, absolutely. Because um, love addiction, like all addictions, is part biological, right? How How is your brain wired? How are those neurotransmitters doing? Have you got... Death, have you got a death pleasure center, or does your pleasure center hear good? That comes with you. You're born with that, right? That's biological. Then you've got the environmental. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up in a loving family? Did you grow up in a nurturing family? Was your first relationship a healthy, happy one, or was the person terrible to you? How did your parents behave to each other? What examples were you shown of what relationship wow. was like? So there's all the environmental stuff. And then, oh, then there's that... Mm, of the emotional or the spiritual or the metaphysical part, which is the parts that have to do with esteem and shame and, um, you know, a whole new field called epigenetics, which is, it's all very mushy and very gray, but it's, but it affects us. It changes us. It, it affects both our brains and our bodies and our, this is a mind, body, spirit disease. And yes, some people are going to be 
more susceptible is a good word to use, more susceptible. We were not wired right from the gate. Um, We were not raised by the people that we needed to raise us. Um, And that, that, yeah, it it put, now it doesn't mean you're totally going to be an addict, but it sure means you're ripe for the plucking. This is just wow. Okay. All right. All right. I told you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Now, the good news is you can recover. Just like an alcoholic can get sober and stay sober, just like a junkie can get clean and stay clean, a love addict or a sex addict can, you know, rebalance their brain and alter their behavior in such a way as to have healthy, happy relationships going forward. Mm. It, it takes a little work. Yeah. See, there's hope. There's well, hope. Yeah. Who's got time for that? <laughs> you know, well, you do not sound convinced. <laughs> he doesn't. Or I just like too much work. <laughs> I'm trying to go on vacation. Okay. I have a question. I have a question. So, so you've had a wild career in Hollywood, including the rock and roll music industry. What personal experiences can you share that you've had in love addictions that you know resulted in you writing this book that you had? Well, it was because of of my own experiences that I wrote the book in the first place, right? I was going along thinking I was doing great. I mean, I I must be so good at love and romance. I mean, I've been married four times. I've had, you know, possibly hundreds of lovers. I must be really good at this. Until it suddenly occurred to me that, oh, no, that actually means I'm probably pretty bad at this. People who are actually good at love and relationships have, like, Mm -hmm. one relationship that's lasted for 30 years. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh, there's there's a thought, (laughs) you know. And and then I would find myself in situations. I I remember I was, was like, having a wild tryst with someone half my age um, in a bathroom in Hollywood. And one of my oh. friends said, why didn't you just bring him to the house? And I said, I, I didn't want him to know where I live. <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she looked at me and said, but but you're okay getting naked with him. And I said, yes, and? And it was, just, it was just starting to occur to me that the fact that, you know, that I, I was ending up in fetal position on the floor waiting for the phone to ring, and this behavior were connected, that they had a relationship to each other. And I started looking at it, and I started reading about it, and um, and I realized that, oh, you've been nuts for years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? At least you were honest with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> at least you were honest. But, you know, using that example you shared, some would say that was perfectly normal. I mean, you know, they, you know, some people feel like I, I'm going to have my, 
you know, wonderful sex. Maybe you met somebody at the club. You go wherever, but, you know, they want to go back to their space, and, and they don't want them knowing where they live. It, it wasn't, you know, it didn't mean that to me. I just wanted my personal time. You know, I wanted to separate. We have fun here, but I don't want you here. So, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about that type of listener that would say, I don't really see that as a love addiction. I think that that's absolutely true. And if you're 26 and that's okay. what you're doing on a Saturday night, I think that's fantastic. I was 42. <laughs> okay. That might be the I, I had a I had a teenage son. I had a career. I had a public persona. I you know. Um, also, the other thing is think about um, you know. And even at twenty six, it's just like, are you practicing safe sex, or are you too worried about what the guy's going to think of you to ask him to practice safe sex? Are you checking out to see? Uh, I don't know. Is there someone else's life you're going to be messing up by taking mm. this guy out into the back? You know, um, what are the repercussions of this? Uh, someone who is even even a younger person, um, mm-hmm. that that whole sense of just like ah, I'm not going to think it through. Just like that person who's gambling away the mortgage money, they're not thinking through the consequences. They they just have that beautiful image of this is going to be fabulous. This is love and first sight. We're gonna we're gonna live happily forever forever because mm-hmm. they're not really thinking it through. So at any age, I would say it has the potential to not be a good idea. It might be a great idea, but just think it through. And if you say to yourself, honestly, yeah, this is totally consensual adult behavior. I am not messing up anyone's marriage, and I am not getting into a car with a strange man who could kill me, and I am not signing up for a sexually transmitted infection. Let's go for it. Go for it. I'm glad you made that difference. I'm glad you, you, you put it in that perspective so people can understand there is a difference. But, you know, you, you talked about having several marriages. When you look at people like Elizabeth Taylor, you know, she's known for her record number of marriages, including those whirlwind romances. Do you think she was a love addict? I didn't know her. I'm not a therapist. You can only diagnose yourself as an addict, but mm-hmm. just if you just ask me my personal opinion, yes. oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I would say that she she's a classic love addict, her and Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, because some of the things you were saying, that, that would be the modern-day version, yes. Yeah. You know, great guys. They yeah. talk about doing the uh, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I mean, she yeah. married the same alcoholic twice, expecting it to, expecting right. it to be wow. different this time. Right. <laughs> you know. So uh, that's who came to mind when you said that. But you know, when we think about how divorce and cheating and everything is so rampant, you know, I know next week we have a show topic talking about polyamory, which is of mm-hmm. course having multiple lovers. Um, do you think love addiction is a part of that problem with why in America we just can't seem to make um, marriages and, and relationships seem to work? I think so, but perhaps not in the way 
Um, most people would assume I think so. I don't think okay. that because men, you know, I think there's a big difference between someone who's polyamorous and someone who just wants to cheat because <laughs> okay. they're incapable of any kind of commitment. Polyamory is having a deep commitment to more than one person, and I, I think that that's possible among mature humans. Um, that's different than cheating. Um, cheating is betrayal and hiding and secrecy, and all of that is totally different from polyamory. Um, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that the the one reason that we have so much divorce and and betrayal, and we have less now than we used to, by the way, because we, the, the statistics are that divorce rates are going way down, and I think that's because there's so much more openness talking about what relationships are like, what they look like, how to have a good marriage, how to be a couple, what is expected from partners. Um, I think that the love addict, and not even the love addict, a lot of the frame of mind of all people, not even the addict, are so, we had been given such a picture of what um, the perfect relationship is, this sort of Ozzy and Harriet, sex in the city, um, you know, um, just hearts and flowers and unicorns and rainbows idea of once I have love in my life, everything's going to be okay. Love is all there is. Love makes the world go round. You and me against the world, right? It's just like rainy <laughs> mm-hmm. days and Mondays. Paul Williams once told me, he wrote, he wrote the, the soundtracks for codependency. <laughs> what is wrong, wow. with What's wrong with that is that it's not true. What's wrong with it is that it's not true. And Paul Williams, who is himself on a about his third marriage, which seems to be a pretty good marriage, he will tell you the same thing, that it's just like there is no one, right? There is no one. There's a number of people who are about <laughs> 70, 80% of one, and you work and you compromise and you negotiate and you make a partnership. You create a relationship. So uh, what a lot of people tend to do, and love addicts, suffer from it more. I don't think they're the only ones who do it. I think love addicts suffer from it more because when they don't get what they need, they go into the same kind of withdrawal that a heroin addict goes through when they don't get what they need. The the people, love addicts included, have this fantasy ideal of what the other person's going to be like, because, right, we believe in love in first yep. sight, so we don't actually get to know mm-hmm. someone. So we, we're right. in love at first sight with someone for no good reason other than great butt or whatever. And um, mm-hmm. they, we like the mm-hmm. way they smile, we like the tone of their voice, they smell good, blah, blah, blah. And yep. then we imbue them with all this personality and characteristics because that's what we want them to be. And then every minute of every day they're coming up short because we've decided who and what we want to need them to be, and they are none of those things. <laughs> so we wow. spend ev- every yeah. week, <laughs> we're either trying helpful. desperately to change them, right? We're trying to change them, manipulate them, bully them, whatever, or, um, you know, or else we're whining and pouting, um, or in worst case scenarios, punching and hitting, trying Ooh. to get the other person to be what we want them to be. They wow. were never that thing, right? Mm. Wow. Mm. Well, you know what? I that brings up a good point with regard to dating. And for those of us who may be interested in dating, you know, what kind of advice would you give them um, to be able to recognize someone who is a love addict 
And if the person is a love addict, does that mean the relationship is going to fail? It is really hard, I think, to get yourself into a relationship with a love addict who does not know they are a love addict, right? I think that if you're a love addict and you're aware of it and you're working on your own recovery, I think that you can get involved with another love addict or sex addict or any kind of addict as long as they are in the process of their own recovery. But if you're in a relationship with a love addict and there are clues, you know, I mean, look and (laughs) they'll say bad things about their exes because it's always the ex's fault and there have been a lot of exes and the relationship did not last that long. (laughs) And... um, they, uh, they've they done vindictive things. They may not tell you about them, but if you see examples of people breaking windshields, slashing tires, burning oh. wardrobes, calling the cops and reporting someone to, you know, the IRS, um, these, are, these are signs. Um, when wow. uh, someone has read someone else's, oh, I thought she was being so wonderful, and then I read her diary and I found out that there's, no, not going to go out with you. <laughs> Wow. You know, so because uh, they think they're right. And so people who think they're right are not likely to change. And that how arrogant am I to think, well, he's going to change for me because I'm magic. He's never right. been faithful. He's never been faithful in a relationship ever. But why, what, I have a magic pelvis and I'm going to make him be faithful to me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Right. Okay. Right. But you know, I, I have a question on that for for what you said because I I don't know. I just felt like it's possible for you to date a love addict, especially in the beginning of it, that doesn't know they're a love addict. Especially if this person just believes, you know, I I just love love. I mean, I I want a healthy relationship. I, I want you know the butterflies and you know he gives me butterflies in my stomach. So you know, I can see someone. You meet this person, they seem normal, and without your knowing, like, their past relationships, they may not tell you all of that. You may not know that they're a love addict. Yeah, you and probably they might won't. they not think they are either. I think as long as you know whether or not you're a love addict, mm-hmm. you've, you've got uh, a chance. You know, you've got okay. a chance to look at the signs in the other person. What you have to do which is so hard for a love addict is you have to be willing to walk away from a bad relationship. Love addicts hate to walk away from relationships. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! It's just like it's really? taking you're taking away my drug. You're taking away my drug. Mm. So is this why wow. you might date a person, and you know you just know this is just not going to work. You call it off, and they just can't seem to leave you alone. Uh, I have met people in that situation often, often, often. And if that person, if the other person is really toxic, this is where you get stuff like stalkers. So this is why it's really important to be able to recognize the love addict. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh All right. Some people do not take kindly. Some people do not take kindly when you take their drug away from them. And if you are that person's drug and you take yourself away, yeah. Well, you don't be slashing people's tires or nothing, do you? I don't do that anymore, no. Anymore? 
Good. I, I should have asked you because that, that'll be a legal thing. Never mind. Okay. Well, never mind. I I know one woman who was dealing with her love addiction, and she boy did she have to because she was going to burn the the back seat of her lover's car because she found out that he'd been having sex with another woman on it. Only oh. the whole car caught fire, and then the carport caught fire, and then the apartment building caught fire, and oh she ended God. up going to prison. Luckily, no one was killed. A great deal Ooh. of property damage was done, and her life was ruined. So okay. she got think through, think through to the consequences, everybody. <laughs> Don't do it, Will. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh my but, God. You know, Quite seriously, you know, you've shared a lot of the symptoms and signs and everything that I can really relate to. So, um, all jokes aside, I I think I need to look into, you know, what can be done to improve myself. I just want to know, is there anything that I can do or other people who um who consider themselves a love addict can do to attract a healthy relationship into their life? Well, you know what they say about like attracts like. So the healthier you become, the healthier people you're going to attract in, into your life. Oh. Plus, I I have found that um, the the longer I work on my own stuff and the more clarity I get about this thing, those guys that used to attract me, they don't attract me anymore. I mean, I, I used to be that okay. person that would see something tall and lanky across the room, and I would go like, ooh, you look like a big can of heartache. Come here, sit by me. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at that, a six-foot, four-inch pile of cocaine. I'll have me some of that. <laughs> you know? Oh, my. I don't I don't do that anymore. I look at it and I go like, Oh, a six foot four inch pile of cocaine surrounded by snakes and red flags waving all over the place. Bye mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh Wow Will there is hope. There okay. is recovery. Okay. There is recovery. Okay. Because we can I mean in in the end we the we can only change ourselves, right? We yeah. can only change You're right. Ourselves. You're right. Definitely. You're right. Good information. Good information. Well, Ethelene, we really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Yeah. You have given us yeah. such a great deal of information. Very, very uh, enlightening, <laughs> as yeah. I would mm-hmm. say. And Aww. so I was. Thank you for inviting me. You know, if people have questions or they have, you know, problems with their own relationships or anybody who wants to get into a dialogue, I always welcome questions to the blog Affection Deficit Disorder. That's my cute little nickname for love addiction, affectiondeficitdisorder.com. So you can, you know. <laughs> right. Or or you can uh, you just email me at talk to Ethley at Gmail and uh I am you know, I love getting you know, um getting this out there because I think so many people are just like suffering with this and they don't mm-hmm. have a name for it. I mean the first time right. I I went and listened to other people talking about this in like a sharing meeting um, I went like, oh, that's what I've got. 
Exactly. That's why I keep wow. running after the unavailable guys. That's why I just like I tell myself I'm not going to call. 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 And then I still call. That oh, that's what. That's the problem. Wow. Well, thank you again, and we really appreciate you taking the time out to give us all this great information tonight. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. And so we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'll find all about next week's show. So you're listening to Let's Face It Radio with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We'll be right back. Doctor, I've seen too many women with breast cancer who could have avoided extensive treatment or even death had they just gotten an annual mammogram. Every major medical organization experiencing breast cancer recommends annual mammograms for women 40 and older. Please, if you're 40 or older, get a mammogram every year. If you have a family history or other risk factors, talk to your doctor about what's right for you. To find an accredited center, visit mammographysavedlives.org. We loved him in Family Ties, we cheered him in Teen Wolf, and we revered him in Back to the Future. Now, Michael J. Fox is back, encouraging fellow fighters of Parkinson's disease to take the future into their own hands. In his most spirited and courageous role ever, this inspirational screen icon vows never to give up until a cure is found. Optimism. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. If you're a single man under the age of 35, you'd probably like to know what the ladies are looking for on an online dating site. A guy who had a few drinks and later got pulled over for buzz driving. See, that could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. And doesn't a guy who's back living with his parents but calls them my roommates just scream Mr. Right? Buzz, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Let's Face It. It was a good show. Good information. Good information. Oh, yeah. You weren't joking. You were not joking. She had awesome information. Wow. Loved her. Loved her. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she was cool. Yes. But, you know, it's it's just really odd, the the differences. mm -hmm. It's really odd and kind of scary. That's true. Okay. Definitely. Mm Mm-hmm. So what's coming up next week? Woo! <laughs> no subject is ever taboo, right? Um, right. Yes. We are talking about polyamory, which I alluded to earlier, love without limits. And it raises mm-hmm. questions such mm-hmm. as, could polyamory be the answer to decrease divorce and increase the strength of your relationship? Um, in terms of relationship longevity, happiness, health, sexual satisfaction, or emotional intimacy. Which one's better, Mm -hmm. either monogamy or polyamory? And then there's the whole subject of children raised in these type of families. 
do they do as well in their health and achievements as children that are part of monogamous families? We're going to have mm-hmm. two amazing experts come on next week. Uh, first, Dr. Deborah Annapole. She's known as an explorer of the spaces where love, sex, spirit, and sustainability meet. Um, she is really recognized as the whole moving force behind the modern polyamory movement. Um, and she launched her 1992 publication of her book, Love Without Limits. But also, oh, okay. accompanying her, which is very important, is Dr. Elizabeth Sheff. Um, she's the foremost academic expert on polyamory in the United States and the foremost expert on polyamorous families with children worldwide. So she has a book mm-hmm. called The Polyamorous Next Door. Inside Multiple Partner Relationships and Families, details that are the results of her 15-year study of polyamorous families with children. And you know what? I said last week Mm -hmm. we bring you nothing but the best. Dr. Chef couldn't make it to the show, but she was able to change her schedule to be in with us next Sunday. So we're going to have two doctors um, telling us two different sides to this. So I I can't wait for that, that show. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, you ladies, I w- you ladies, I want you to have an amazing week, okay? And, you would um, Yeah, you too. Like we said, season two, they're not going to be ready for season two. It's coming oh, up. Lord. I want you guys to get, yes, hold on to your seats. We're we're really going to push the push down a on this one. So we're, we're getting ready to give you some hotter than hot shows um, coming up in August. So make sure that you... Um, stay locked in. Go to our website, letspaceradio.com. Listen to the past shows. Follow us on TuneIn, iTunes, and Stitcher. Um, stay connected because it's about to get real up in here. All right? You know, I, so, I, love I, have, to, I have to stop you right there. I'm a little scared. Um, what? <laughs> you just had a show on love addiction, and next week you have yeah. a show on polyamory hey. with, you know, love of more this than two th- people. This is free therapy for me. This is free therapy. Okay. <laughs> but here's my thing. Um, how can you come back with a season that's better and bigger than that? Oh, oh. watch. Watch. Watch me. Watch oh, me. I'm scared. Wow. I'm scared. What else are we going to talk about? I'm terrified. Yes, okay. Yes, yes, okay. Yes. I'll, I'll wait. I'll it's tune coming. in and just wait. Oh, boy. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, everybody that's listening... Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. I'm your host, Will Strayhorn. I'm Janae Kay. And I'm Alicia Brown. Until next week, be blessed. Nice. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com for up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.